Well, we have had a wonderful week. Uh, we have uh, met here uh, from Tuesday to Friday every evening, and we were in the presence of the Lord, and wonderful things have uh, taken place. And so we are very grateful for God's visitation during those days. So today I want to uh, continue with our subject uh, for this year. You know, our subject for this year is found in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. And it says, but he said to me, and this is very important, God said to me, to you, to all of us, okay, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. What a powerful word, you know. Of course, the second part, uh, I'm sure we are still learning, you know. We are still learning to say, I delight in my weaknesses. How many of you are delighting in your weaknesses? We try to get rid of them as quickly as possible. Uh, but then, you know, it's important for us to look into this very word. What does uh, the Apostle Paul really mean when he says these kind of words? You know, and I think it's important that we take time to study them. And that's what we want to do today. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. The Bible says, For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives in God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power we will live with him and serve you. And 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. But God shows the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God shows the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and despised and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. And one more scripture from the book of Matthew. Chapter 19 and verse 13. Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples, the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Praise God. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for the rich and wonderful word that you give to us. And Lord Jesus, we pray that you open up our minds and our hearts for the truth that you have been able to lay out in these scriptures that we have just heard. Lord Jesus, I pray that you give me the ability and the grace, Lord, to bring these truths across for all of us to understand 
what you really mean when you say these powerful words. So Lord Jesus, touch our hearts. Lord, touch our minds. Let us not be disturbed by anything, your word, going through our mind at this moment in time. But Lord, let us focus solely on your word and on your grace. To you be the glory and the honor. Amen. So my subject today is do not be afraid of your weakness. Okay, I, I use that, uh, that title because I suspect or expect or I know that we all have weaknesses. Okay? Every single one of us has got areas in our lives where we are weak, even if we are not showing it, even if we are trying to fool the world uh, to make, it, make them think that we are very, very powerful, very, very strong. But every one of us has weaknesses. Okay? So, in other words, we are in good company. If you don't have weaknesses, you can just as well go home. Okay? But I believe we all have weaknesses. And that's why it's important for us to really uh, pay attention, take care what the Lord is saying. Now, the world in which we live despises weakness. Okay? That's a fact. It, it worships heroes. That's why we have movies like Superman or Batman or whatever, you know. Uh, we, 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 we like the, the big guys, the, the people who make it in life. And of course, we, we want to rub shoulders with them as much as possible, even if it's just in a movie. But don't worry, you know, these heroes on the, on the screen, and in your home or in the, in the movie theaters, and you saw and admired those heroes, and then later on you learned about their weaknesses. Some of them even committed suicide because they could not make life work out in the right way. So we, we must not think that what the world is aspiring, you know, greatness, is actually working out in the same way as, you know, it is intended. Of course, you know, the more horsepower a car has, we think uh, it is better. You know, we think it is uh, wise to, I mean, it is, it is good to have such a car. Until we become wise because these uh, heavy horsepower cars, they, they utilize a lot of fuel. And uh, when, when you have to pay for it, eventually you are reducing the horsepowers when we become wise in our lives. I'm sure some of us have started that way, okay? Starting with a big engine, and then it became too expensive and we reduced. So that is the standard of the world, okay? Bigger, more power, more money. That is what is considered better. There is a race going on in the world <clears throat> to build the tallest skyscraper. Uh, at present, you know, uh, the race is on for the first skyscraper, which is one kilometer tall. That means that's 1,000 meters tall. Okay, being built in Saudi Arabia, called the Jeddah Tower. Okay, of course, there were a lot of people who were at one time first. Okay, I have got a list of, uh, of uh, 
14 or 16 of the highest towers. Actually, you can download it from the internet. You can actually see the 100 tallest buildings in the world. And when they were built to be the tallest, they were soon overtaken by another one taller than them. Okay? So, uh, right now, the highest or tallest building is 828 meters, which is called the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. I'm sure those of you who are in Dubai, you must have seen it because it's, it's tall. You, you, can't, you can't really overlook it if you have one position where you can see. And, you know, as I said, towers have been built all around the world. These buildings have built all around the world and everyone wanted to be the tallest. The last 20, 30 years have uh, seen many nations, even some who have no money or have little money, or, you know, not, not really money to, to show off with, but they still have, uh, uh, you know, gone into building such big towers in order to show that, you know, they can, they can make it, they can compete with the rest of the world. Oh, we all know the Guinness Book of World Records, isn't it? Uh, if, if you want to see some very foolish things of how you can get a world record, then go to the internet and open up uh, the website Guinness Book of World Records. You will be amazed, you know? There are world records in all kinds of things. Some good, some stupid, you know? But people want to make sure that they are the best. They are the the tallest, they are the biggest, they are the whatever, the first. That's the standard of the world, okay? And sometimes it is sad to say that even we Christians fall into that trap, okay? We think there are some people who are important and some people who are not. And unfortunately, the disciples fell into that trap. Okay, so one day there was a meeting going on, and of course, uh, important people came, and the disciples uh, saw some, some women come with their children, and they, they, they thought to bring the children to Jesus so that he would uh, bless them and pray over them. And uh, when the disciples saw them, you know, they were like, like uh, bodyguards, or at least they understood themselves as bodyguards. Not that Jesus wanted to have any bodyguard. Actually, he didn't employ them to be bodyguards. He called them to be disciples. That means they were students. They were supposed to learn. But at times, you know, we who are supposed to learn, we think we have already made it. And that was, uh, is what happened to the, to the, to the disciples uh, at this particular time. They didn't want to be students. They thought they are masters, and they were trying to rebuke the, the women who brought their children to Jesus. And of course, Jesus noticed. He, he saw what was going on. And so he rebuked his disciples. Okay? Or actually, it's the disciples who rebuked the women. I don't know whether Jesus rebuked the disciples. But he told them, let the little children come to me. Let the little children come to me. Okay? For such is the kingdom of God. Okay? The kingdom of God belongs to such as this. And that was, uh, you know, 
something upside down in the mind of the disciples. What would the children need to be doing with Jesus? Of course, they forgot that even all of them, all of the disciples themselves, were not chosen because they were great. They were not chosen because they were influential. They were human beings. And God sent Jesus to call such people anyway. Okay? And that's the good news to all of us. You know, you don't have to be uh, important in the world. You don't have to be the richest or the greatest for Jesus to take note of you. He chooses us because he loves us. Amen? It doesn't matter how low we may be. He will still call us. And that's what he has done again and again. And he, he, he did this demonstrate, demonstratively when the disciples were trying to hold back the children from the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, you know, later we are going to bless children. Uh, we have a children dedication Sunday today. And it's great, you know, to bring the children to the Lord Jesus Christ because the Bible says the children belongs to such as these. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. This is good. But you know, the disciples fell into the trap of trying to be great because they were trying to copy the system of the world. And we often fall into the same trap as well. But we must learn not to copy the system of the world. We must learn from Christ and not the world. Okay? And the system of the Lord Jesus Christ is very different. Okay? He is not looking for the greatest, for the most intelligent, for the most powerful. He is looking for people who have a heart to love. Okay? And he calls them out of darkness into his wonderful life. <clears throat> Today we have a lot of modern leaders, whatever titles they call themselves, I don't want to, to talk about it, but they want to show off that they are the greatest. Okay? They want to do things in order to impress the people. And it's very important that we don't fall for such things. Paul said, he chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. So God doesn't want us to, uh, to show off in the world, uh, because then we may only attract the, the people who are on our level. But no, Jesus came on the lowest level. Okay, He came to be an ordinary human being. He came uh, born in a, in, a, in a stable, laid in a manger. He was going so far down that nobody would escape the wonderful love of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus is a wonderful example for us and we need to learn from him. We need to learn that he humbled himself. Okay, so some of us, we, we are not humbling ourselves but we get humbled by circumstances, by situations or by other people. And that's sometimes very painful, okay? But it's a good thing, you know, to learn to humble ourselves. Because then it doesn't pain when other people try to push you down. If you learn to humble yourself, then, you know, what other people think of you is becoming less and less important. 
And Jesus humbled himself. He didn't care what people were thinking about him. He didn't care what people were talking about uh, in, in, in terms of his ministry or his personality. And of course, there were some who were constantly thinking of killing him. For Jesus, that was not an issue. Jesus just reached out to anybody as low as anybody could be, he was ready to reach us and touch us and change our lives. As we have just heard from the scripture, Jesus won the greatest victory. The victory over evil, the victory over sin in a very humble position in the position of weakness. Okay, let me just read this again. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. For to be sure, Jesus was crucified in weakness. Okay, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. And likewise, and this is very important now for us, okay, weak in him. So we also must learn to uh, accept our weakness, okay? Not try to, 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 you know, rise above others. Accept our weakness and wait for the time until God will lift us up, okay? Because he will do so at one time or the other. So Jesus didn't come to earth to show off because he was already the greatest. He came from the heavens, you know, he was the one who created all things. And the Bible tells us without him, nothing that was made was made. Okay. So he was the, the one who was instrumental to bring everything into being. So you could easily say he was the greatest. But when he came to earth, he didn't come to be the greatest on earth. He came to be an ordinary human being. And people didn't recognize him. I mean, he grew up in a small city of, the small city of Nazareth, and nobody recognized that this is the Son of God, okay? Even later when, when he was doing marvelous things, the church still rejected, no, this is just the, the son of Joseph. Is he not the son of Joseph and the son of Mary? Has he not been living uh, around here? Are his brothers and sisters not with us? That was the argument of the people of Nazareth. And yet... He was the son of God. So Jesus came in humility, in weakness. And he humbled himself even further, going willingly to the cross of Calvary, where he was crucified like a common criminal. Okay? When he was on the cross, Somebody said to him, if you are really the son of God, okay, prove it. And of course, this is the standard of the world. You know, if you are great, show us, tell us, you know, prove it. And of course, we all want to prove it in one way or the other. Isn't it? That's how we have grown up. From our uh, early childhood, we want to show that we can do things. And even if we can't really do it, we, we still want to, 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 to show the people and impress them how great we are. But Jesus could have come down from the cross. The good thing was that he didn't do it because he didn't have a business to show himself to be great. 
If anybody wanted to see the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ, he could have seen it in the many wonderful things that he did while he was ministering on the earth. And people were still saying, show us the miracle, you know, so that we believe in you. And yet, so many miracles have been done. So that's why, you know, our faith should never be, basing, be based on miracles because miracles, you know, they come and go. We must believe in Jesus for who he is, the son of God, the, 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 the sign of the, the love of God, the father who has sent him so that we have life and have it in abundance. So Jesus was hanging on the cross and yes, he was, uh, he was able, he would have had the power to, to come down from the cross because he was the son of God. I mean, imagine he's the one who created the heavens and the earth. But that would have meant he would have gone beyond the bounds of his humanity because he was not only the son of God, he was also the son of man. And when he was hanging at the cross of Calvary, he didn't hang there as the son of God primarily. He hung there as a human being who never sinned. If he had shown his divinity there, then the devil would have said, it's not, that's not valid, you know. You, you, were not, you were not human, but he was human. And he remained human even at that particular time. Okay? He was obedient to his father. He never overstepped the mark. When the father told him to do a certain thing, he never went beyond. He never tried to, to get the praise and, and, and the accolation uh, for himself. In fact, many times the Bible tells us that when people were looking for him to, to, to praise him and maybe even worship him, he disappeared, okay? Because he didn't come for that. If he wanted to have praise and worship, he could remember the times when he was in the, in the midst of, of, of multitudes of angels who were worshiping him, okay? In fact, he knew the heart of men. And that's why he would not want to be worshipped by people who did it, not for the sake of Christ, but for their own sake. So Jesus hung there on the cross, helpless and in great weakness. But that was the condition of our life, of your life and my life. He didn't die on the cross for his own sin. He died for our sin. And that's why he accepted to go to the cross, become helpless and weak, and eventually die. But in this very position, he won the greatest victory of all times. He eradicated all the, the successes of evil, and he was able to deal with our sin once and for all. Praise the Lord. And to, to make sure that uh, everybody would, uh, would understand that, that the, the temple, the condition of the temple changed because the curtain between the holy place and the most holy place was cut from top to bottom. So in other words, God the Father sent an angel to cut the, the curtain, okay? Because now 
we were no longer to be kept out from the presence of God through the sacrifice of Jesus. Everyone is free to come into the holy and even into the most holy place. In the Old Testament, <coughs> ordinary people like you and me would end up at the outer court. We would not even go into the holy place, let alone into the most holy place. But when Jesus died at the cross of Calvary, all this changed, okay? So he's saying, finally, we, we got him. Finally, we killed him. Finally, we nailed him to the cross. Finally, he's finished. There were only very few, <clears throat> like that centurion, who realized as he was looking up to Jesus dying, and this was not a disciple. This was not somebody who knew much about the things of God. But he said, truly, this man was a son of God. This man realized that this was not an ordinary human being dying like the criminals on either side of Jesus. This was somebody who was different. This was somebody who came to this place because he came to save us from our sin. Praise God. And from that weakness of death on the cross, from that weakest position, he rose to the greatest prominence you can ever imagine. Now every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. He is the name above all names. Okay? But it was not him who, who, who lifted himself up. It was God the Father who lifted him up. Amen? And the same we must understand God wants to do for you and for me. So do not be afraid of your weakness because God is able to do something powerful in your weakness, in your weak position, no matter where you are. Accept your position where you are. Accept your weaknesses. And just let God come into these weaknesses in order for him to do what he has prepared to do in those particular situations. We must learn that our strength is not in our flesh, okay? Because flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God, but that our strength is in the grace of God. Our strength is the confidence that we have in our Lord and in the power of the grace that he has given to us. And that's very important. Now let me read you a scripture from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. You know, those of you who are good students in the Word, you know the uh, 11th chapter of Hebrew is the, the uh, chapter of the people of faith. Some people call them heroes of faith. Actually, I wouldn't call them heroes because they were ordinary, weak people like you and me. But they were holding out, you know, getting through the weaknesses until God was able to, you know, reveal his power in their lives. And that's what we see here. Now let me read quickly. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. After the people had marched around them seven for seven days. Okay, maybe I, I stop here for a moment. You see, the people of Israel finally were able to uh, get ready to enter into the promised land. And God led them to the place of Jericho. So in other words, there was a mighty fortified city 
that was hindering the people of, uh, of Israel to enter into the promised land. Of course, God could have taken them somewhere else where there was no city, but God wanted to show them this principle, this very powerful principle that God can do something great even through our weaknesses. Because that's a lesson that we all have to learn. And you know, many of us have not yet learned that lesson. So Jericho was fortified. It was strong. It had mighty walls. And they said, it's impossible. We can never defeat this city. We can never pass by that city. So we have to, we have to uh, you know, stay outside. And God told them, listen, I want you to walk around the city for seven days. And while you're walking around the city for seven days, don't say anything. Okay? Because human beings, you know, they would have said, what are we doing here? This is a futile exercise. They would have pulled each other down by disbelief. Isn't it? By lack of faith. But God said, shut up. And walk around the city. Now can you imagine a crowd of people walking around a big city with high walls? You know, I, I can imagine that the people in Jericho, they were looking down and they were shaking their heads and they were laughing. They said, these guys are crazy. You know, they don't even have weapons. We will easily overpower them, you know. There's not, no problem for us. We'll hold out. Because sooner or later, these people will, will get tired and stop. And so they were walking around for seven days. That's a sign, you know, I would say that was a, 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 an utter sign of weakness. You, you have people who are just walking on foot. They have no, no uh, battle gear. They have no spears, no javelins, no anything that they could use against, to fight against the people inside of Jericho. They were just walking, you know, people from the desert. People who came eventually, you know, further back, they came from... from from uh, slavery. And then they were walking around that big city. But sure enough, God proved this point that he is going to be powerful even in our weakness. Okay? You don't have to have the power to overcome Jericho. God will do it. Okay? All you need to learn is be obedient to what God tells you. <clears throat> and if God says, walk around the city even for seven days, just do it. <clears throat> In your mind, there's a voice to say, this will never work. Okay? But you must not listen to that voice in your mind because that comes from the evil one. You must learn to trust God. <clears throat> and so, on the seventh day, you know, uh, God told them, you just make a big shout. And they shouted. Okay? Now, you can shout. Have you ever seen a, 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 you know, a mighty building come down by shouting? Okay? But they shouted not as a, as a, a, a proof of their power, but as a proof of their trust in God. Okay? So they shouted as a sign of victory. And for sure, that's when the walls of Jericho came down. Praise God. What a powerful sign of God's, God's uh, willingness to work in our weaknesses. Let me 
finish reading a few other verses here. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? <clears throat> I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, <clears throat> David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword. The sword. Maybe now you are saying this is contrary to what you are saying. No, actually, listen. The sentence is not over yet. They quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose, we Praise. whose weaknesses were turned to strength. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> These were ordinary human be beings. These were people like you and me. You know, Gideon was somebody who was in hiding, and then God came and spoke to him. Gideon, mighty man of God. And he was shaking his head and said, who is the mighty man here? He couldn't, he couldn't understand himself to be the mighty man. You understand? But God was there in a powerful and amazing way. And he used all of these people as weak as they would have been. And the Bible says whose weaknesses were turned to strength. Praise God. And let me tell you, God has the power to turn your weakness into strength. Amen? That's why do not be afraid of your weakness because it's a perfect avenue for God to do something great. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the Bible says whose weaknesses were turned into strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign, foreign armies. That's what God can do. So, you know, we must understand that the grace of God that God has given to us. And during the week, we have seen scriptures where, where the Bible tells us, you know, uh, tells the people of Ephesus, and that is to all of us as believers and Christians. But to each of us, grace was given. To each of us. Okay? That means everyone here. Okay, because if it's each of us, that means all of us who are believers, who are children of the Most High, grace was given. And in the same chapter, it says some were called to be apostles. Some were called to be evangelists. Some were called to be pastors and teachers and, you know, uh, prophets. But you must understand these were only some. But each of us has received grace. And never forget that. You know, it doesn't matter... Whether you have a title or you don't have a title, that is not the issue. In fact, God never gave these designations of apostles, prophets, whatever, uh, to, be, to making people great. They were just job descriptions. You understand? So God says very clearly that he will take our weaknesses and turn them into strengths through the grace that he has given to us and at each one of us has received the grace of God. Some of us, we have not discovered it yet. Some of, it, we have, some of us, we have not yet seen how powerful that grace in our life could be if we only trust the grace. If we only allow the grace to have room in our life as long as we are not standing in his way by trying to use our own uh, strengths of our flesh, uh, our ability to, to do our things, because then God will be sidelined to just watch. 
But God wants to turn our weaknesses into strengths. Let me take you to another story that we all know. It's a very common story that we laugh, okay, that we tell to our children. And that is this. We don't know exactly how old he was, whether he was 16, 17, 18. I don't know. But he was not ready for battle. That's why he was taking care of the sheep. And the only thing that his father told him is, come here, take some food to your brothers because they are in battle. And so David took the food, went to the battleground, only to find that there was nobody fighting. Okay? Everybody was afraid. Everybody was hiding. Because there was a giant by the name of Goliath who was insulting the people of God, insulting God himself. And David got annoyed. He said, how can, how can such a thing happen? How can such a thing be allowed? And so he, he went around and says, what is happening here? And they said, no, this man wants to fight one. One person who is bold, who has got courage. And then whoever wins will win for his nation. But there was nobody who was willing to fight Goliath. The guy was just too tall. You know, and sometimes we get so intimidated as the people of God. I mean, imagine this were the people of God, the people of Israel. They were getting so intimidated by the show of worldly strength. Okay? By the flesh. And the Bible tells us that flesh and blood does not count in the kingdom of God. But they were intimidated. And very often that is true in your life and in my life. We get intimidated by the show of strings of the world system around us. Okay? It's so sad. But then, you know, David said, if nobody fights, I will. Okay? Now, was he presumptuous? Or did he have faith? Okay, sometimes, you know, people say, I can do this, when they have, they have really no faith. But David had fought the lion and he had fought the bear to protect his sheep. Okay, so he was not afraid of, uh, of that giant, especially because he was defying the people of Israel and even defying and insulting the God of Israel. And he said, I cannot allow that. If nobody else will fight, I will fight. Okay? So he eventually came to Saul. And uh, Saul said, you can't fight this man because uh, you are just a youth. You're just a young boy. Okay? And, and uh, David told him the story that he has been fighting the lion and the bear and he's, he's not afraid. Okay? Then he said, okay, then at least take my armor. The armor that Saul didn't want to wear to fight the Goliath, that no one wanted to wear in order to defeat uh, the, the enemy, he gave it to this young boy. And the Bible says here, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and the bronze helmet on his head. David fastens, fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried to walk around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. I mean, this was the sign of power, okay? 
a proper army, a sword, you know, all the necessary weapons, they were, you know, given to, to David, the signs of power. And David says, I cannot use it. It's, it's, not, it's not helping me in any way at all. And so he took everything off again. And then the Bible says in verse 14 of First Samuel chapter 17, then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his, shepherd, of his shepherd's bag with his sling in his hand and approached the Philistine. Now, if you would have looked at the two people, I mean, if you are an observer, you know, if this was a movie and you look at these two pictures and you don't know anything about David and Goliath, what would you say? How would you react? You would say, this, this boy is, 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 is nuts. You know, he's not normal. How can he try to, to fight this guy who is a battle-tested uh, soldier, you know, and even taller by far? How would he try to fight such an such a unequal fight? But then David did not look at it from that perspective. You see, this is what we must learn. David had confidence in the power that was working in his life. The grace of God that was working in his life. He had seen it before. Even so, he was a young boy, but he had seen the power of God in his life before. Okay? He was fighting the lion. He was fighting the bear. He was protecting the sheep. And he knew, God will help me, even in this situation. Verse 41 says, Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer, I mean, he was not even alone. He was even having helpers to bear his, to carry his shield. Okay, there are too many people who want to have armor bearers these days. Okay, in the ministry, there are so many people who, called, who, who think they need armor bearers around them, who become their bodyguards. David had no armor bearer. It is Goliath who had an armor bearer. So you want to be a Goliath or you want to be a David? I would rather be David. I don't need an armor bearer. I don't need uh, people who are uh, guarding me. Because God is taking care of my life. Okay? So as he saw David coming closer to him, he looked at uh, David over and saw that he was only a boy. Okay? Can you imagine this giant of a man? He looked at this young boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. Because to him, that was a joke. In fact, he got annoyed because he thought these people, the Israelites, they don't take me serious. Okay? He said to David, am, am I a dog that you come to me with a stick? Or with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Okay? So please, if somebody wants to curse you, let them talk. Because their gods are dead. They are gods with a small g. So the, the curses of Goliath go nowhere. Never forget that. You know, some people get very, very jittery when they hear that there's a curse somewhere or somebody is saying this or the other. Please, if there is a Goliath in your life who curses you, don't, don't, you know, don't get afraid. Because Goliath 
has no power to utter a curse over your life that means anything. <clears throat> he does it by his gods with a small g and they're all dead. Okay, so he tried to, tried to curse him. Come here, he said, I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. So he's, he's telling him, okay, I'll finish you off. Of course, that was the, the powerful guy. He was used to many battles and he had won all of them in the past. And so he didn't think that today was a different day because, you know, the, the sign of his strength, the sign of his power was just so obvious. Okay, but then don't, don't get overpowered by the power of the world, okay? By the power of the flesh because we have power even so it cannot be seen, which is no match to the powers of these dark worlds. Because the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit is manifesting in the lives of those who love him. Amen? God has given you grace. And this grace is full of energy, full of power. So David's answered back to the Philistines. And he said, you come against me with a sword and spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. He didn't even say, I come in the name of a sling or with my sling, you know. He said, I come in the name of God Almighty. Praise God. He came in weakness. <clears throat> he couldn't boast of a lot of power, but he came with the very simple things that he had, you know, stones that he picked up from the river or from the brook, and his sling that he knew, and his staff that he was walking with as a shepherd. These were the things that he had. And David was exercising his faith. I mean, he was weak compared to, to Goliath. He was utterly weak. But he was not afraid of his weakness. And that's what we must learn. We must never be afraid of our weakness. You come against me, sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have to fight. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the, Philist of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Okay, so David doesn't say, I will, I will show yourself, uh, you know, that I'm stronger than you. He didn't boast in his own strength. He boasted in his God. Amen? He said, I come in the name of God Almighty. The one who has created the heavens and the earth, the one who is going to be with me, the one who is going to decide this battle. It's not, it's not me. I'm just an instrument. I'm just a vessel that God is using. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword, spear, or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you, and he will give all of you into 
our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his back and taking out a stone, he slung it, he, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sunk into the forehead and he fell down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. You see, that which was considered weak became strength. And that which is considered weak, maybe by your own eyes, in your own estimation, or by the people around you, that which people say, ah, this, this person is just not able to do this or the other, you know, that God can use in order to establish his mighty power. And don't underestimate what God can do. Please, don't underestimate what God can do. Don't be afraid of your weakness. You can see, David was not afraid of his weakness. Okay? The people of Israel, who were told to walk around, around Jericho, maybe they were afraid of their weakness. But David was not afraid of his weakness. And we must learn not to be afraid of our weakness. You understand? Because in our weakness, God wants to manifest. If we are trying to be strong in ourselves, we will, will not make it. But if we allow God to manifest in his power, in his strength, in his ability, then we will be able to overcome. So David triumphed because he was not afraid of his weakness. So God wants to manifest his power when we accept our weakness or even our failure. Okay? Let, let, me, let me drive this point home. You know, it's very important. You see, there are many high flyers in this world and sooner or later, high flyers will come down. You know, you have all read that, uh, that uh, cartoon in many offices which says, on your way up, be, be nice to the people around you. You might need them on your way down, okay? As somebody uh, climbs the ladder. And, and, and that is true. You know, many people who have tried to, to lift themselves up, eventually they come crashing down. Somebody, you know, uh, recently by the name, uh, which I don't want to mention here, but some, some very rich billionaire, you know, they called him the king of crypto. Okay, the, 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 he made money in, not in millions, but in billions. Okay, and all of a sudden, boom, his whole empire collapsed and now he's in court. Okay, so high flyers will not always fly high. But when the strength of the Lord is with you, you know, he will give strength to those who are weak. And they will rise up like eagles as uh, the book of Isaiah tells us. And they will run, not in their own strength, but in the power of the Lord our God. And that's what we must learn, you know, to trust God. Now, listen, many people will not try to do certain things which they feel they should do, okay? Maybe I just give you an example. Some people think they, you know, they cannot do what uh, they feel they have a talent to do, maybe sing or write or act or perform in one way or the other or do a certain thing because they are afraid. 
They're saying, what if people are laughing at me? You know, doesn't matter. You know, allow yourselves to be vulnerable in your weakness. It doesn't matter because God wants to use your weakness for strength. Amen? So don't, don't, don't shy away from challenges that come your way. If God allowed the Goliath to come into your life, then he has given you the ability to slay the, the, the giant. Are you with me? So if there is a situation that God has brought into your life without you you adding anything to it, then God will also give you the ability to overcome it. And don't try to do it in the arm of the flesh, but try, or not try, but trust. Trust the grace of God that he has given to all of us. Remember what the Bible says? To each one, grace was given. To each one, grace was given. And grace comes with power. Grace comes with strength. Grace comes with ability. Some of the things that God wants you to accomplish and do, you have no clue that you can actually do it. But he will show you. He will establish himself in your life. When you are afraid of your weaknesses, you just don't realize that people... People actually respond to honesty. And if you are going to appear with all your weaknesses, it will resonate with the other people who are weak because people are weak. Okay, people have weaknesses. You know, if you, if you uh, come with power that you don't have, people will clap you and they say, ah, he's a hero. And maybe they, they try to, to worship you. But in reality, it means nothing because they will not be with you. Okay, it's just a moment that uh, gives you the accolades. But when God gives you the victory, it's a completely different story altogether. Okay? That's why we need to learn to be honest with our shortcomings. Because all human beings understand shortcomings, all human beings understand weaknesses. We all feel it. We all experience it. And that's why we should not be afraid, you know. Many people who have started very, very tiny, very small, you know, maybe they went to a platform and they sang and it was shaky, a shaky voice. But God used them and lifted them up. Let me read from the first book of Corinthians, chapter 2 and verse 1. You know, this is a very powerful word that God gives us here. Paul is saying, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, so in other words, he says, I came in the weakness of my Lord Jesus. Okay, I was not boasting. I was not trying to, you know, do things in a, in a marvelous way, but I just came in the weakness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. Now you, you have a different, you know, you have a different view of the great Apostle Paul, you know. 
You think Apostle Paul, you know, he was the greatest apostle. You know, he, he, has, he was fearless. He was doing this and the other. And yes, of course, you know, God used him in a mighty and powerful way. But not in human strength. It was the power of God in him. So he said, I came to you in weakness. I came in fear. I came with trembling, much trembling in fact. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. Okay, so I'm not, I was not trying to, uh, to win people over by, by my eloquence, by my charisma, so to say. Okay? But with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So in other words, I was allowing the Spirit of God to work through my weaknesses. And that's how God did his work. So that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And I think this is very important. I said this earlier on, you know, uh, that miracles or, or things that people are trying to claim for themselves are not good foundations for your faith. Our faith needs to see the power of God in action, not the power of the flesh. The power of the flesh means nothing. It's here today, gone tomorrow. You know, we see today how easily, you know, uh, things can disappear, how frail our whole world system is. You know, <clears throat> just one little war somewhere in a corner of the world makes our fuel expensive, makes uh, everything change overnight, you know. Things that we never thought, things that we never expected, and now these things have happened. Okay? So Paul says, I did not come in that kind of power. I did not, you know, show off in, in, in the power of the flesh. But I came in my weakness. I came with trembling. I came, you know, fully aware that I cannot do it unless God will move in my weakness. And that's what he, you know, has been testifying in this uh, scripture that we have. And I'm strong. Praise God. So we must learn to interfere with God with our own ability, with our own strengths. We must allow him to do what he has decided to do. Sometimes we have a dream of doing certain things and it doesn't work out. But if it doesn't work out, let him work because he has greater plans with you than your little dreams or your little understanding. So we must learn humility from what we can see in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must learn humility before we can see victory. So Jesus gave us this very powerful example when he was willing and ready to die at the cross. Moses learned humility. The Bible says he was the most humble person on earth at that time. So let us accept the weakness as a launch pad for God's greatness. You know, the good thing is that even if we are weak, even if we have weaknesses, allow God to come in. Allow God to pour his grace into those areas of weaknesses. And amazing things are going to happen in your life. And this is the good news. Amen? Let us not compete with the world 
but let us follow the, the, the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As I said, if you, he doesn't do what you want him to do, it's because he has got something better for you. Amen? Something greater. Something that you cannot even picture. And God wants to do that in your life. So, never fear weaknesses. You don't know, you don't have a clue what God, but it's very difficult in the face of that weakness to actually live it out. But we need to learn it. So learn to trust the grace God has given to you. As I said earlier on, God's word says to each of us, grace was given. Paul advises the Ephesians, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2. And this is what we must learn. Okay? Weakness is not the end. But weakness is God's ability to come in and show the power from on high in our frail bodies, in our weak bodies. So let God do the mighty and powerful work that he has decided to do in you and through you. Sometimes you may be like the people of Israel, walking around Jericho and says, hmm, this thing, how will it ever work? But I hope you will be developing into the lifestyle of David, who was not afraid of his weakness, who was confident in the power of God in his life, even so he had only some stones and a sling, which could not compare with the weaponry of Goliath. Let us learn to trust the power of God Almighty in our lives. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so thankful for the way you are guiding us into this year, 2023. Lord, we realize that you have got things that you want us to understand, that you want us to learn, that you want us to live in. And Lord, help us not to live in the patterns of the world, which is always trying to compete with who is greater, who is taller, who is bigger. But Lord, help us that we are able to follow the footsteps of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has humbled himself even to the cross of Calvary. And Lord Jesus, thank you that you have shown us how you can work out power in our lives, even when we don't have anything to actually set against the powers of this world. Like the people of Israel who had nothing to bring down the walls of Jericho, but they came down. Like David, who had only some very inadequate tools in order to fight the power of uh, the, 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 
the, the giant in his life. Like Jesus, who came humbling himself. And we see this in so many other people's life, in Moses and Paul, and so many other people who were walking in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior. And so, Lord Jesus, I pray, help us that we follow the example of those who have embraced their weakness so that you could work out your power and your strength, your grace in that weakness. Lord, to you will be the power, the glory, the honor, and all the adoration, not to any human being, but to you and you alone. And we say thank you, Father, for showing us this powerful lesson that can transform our lives if we learn to trust in the power of your grace in our lives. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Okay, now we are coming.